Hey guys, and welcome to episode 110 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome back to the show. Hope you're well. Hope you enjoyed last week's show. Um, really good one uh, with Thomas uh, Joseph, or I've been told now Tom, or Tommy Joseph um, of Coxty Farm, Coxty Green Farm, I should say. If you're looking for any high quality meat, if you, and you haven't got anywhere local you can go, then head over to www.coxtygreenfarm.com and you'll be able to get some good stuff there. Um, as always, lots going on. Uh, lots in development. I hope you all had a nice bank holiday. to be coming out on the bank holiday Monday. Um, I hope you all had a nice bank holiday. The weather's been really good. Getting out in the sun, getting your getting your good vitamin D in. Um, and yeah, as always, head over to www.reviveyourself.co for our articles and our free 40 mini course, as well as our shop where we've got high quality supplements for you, um, water filtration systems, um, electronic magnetic um, frequency devices, so as to say, uh, blocking uh, devices that block electromagnetic frequencies from Aries Tech, quality there, and we've got some good things coming. Uh, as I said before, if you head into blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, uh, and you buy some blue blocking glasses, Put in the code REVIVE for 10% off. And also, if you head on over to www.essentialorwizardry.com uh, and you want the high, highest quality um, highest quality essential oils in the world, in my opinion, put in the code REVIVE in small letters and you'll get 10% off there too. That's from Dr. Nick Berry. Um, otherwise, on to today's show, which is with a returning guest, Warren Williams, and we go all into, uh, well, we go into the, the hero's journey. Which is a really, um, sorry, I should say, let's need to turn this off. I keep getting messages through my, my, my apologies. Um, we're going to the hero's journey, which is something that we all go through. Um, I recently heard Warren talk about this with Emil Heskey, and I'm going to try and get Emil on the show here too. He's a former Liverpool and England forward, uh, and Leicester as well. And the hero's journey is something, yeah, that we all go through in all different stages of it, and it's something that we, we, when you, unless you're aware of it, unless you're conscious of it, it can be very, hard to know the stages and to understand sometimes the changes are there for a reason for you to push through them and we go into this conversation different stages it's a really interesting conversation with Warren the sounds a little bit echoey on his side so I'm going to try and do the best I can with the software that I've got to make it as, as good as possible so um so yeah and something I've been working on much more as well we're trying to get the sound quality as good as I can for you guys we're going to try and improve things as much as we can but otherwise Guys and girls, enjoy this. It's a really good conversation about a to- on a topic that we should all all be um, really conscious of because it's something that we all go through in all different stages. So, without further ado, here's Warren. Enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, there's obviously the ones we've got for the evening, but these are the ones I wear daytime just because it's the artificial blue light coming off the screen. So, uh, don't know if you listened to my interview with Andy Mamp. He's um, from blueblocks.com. 
Right, um, okay. So most of the blue blocking glasses as well are made in China and they're not that great. Um, mm. Whereas these come from actual opticians in Australia and um, it's just because I'm watching the computer quite a lot and it's the artificial light. So obviously, you know, the blue light, same yeah, as everyone yeah. else, but when it comes off the screen, it, it's quite intense. And so, yeah. yeah. You find it's quite a difference? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not, you can definitely tell, like, when you lift it up, there's definitely, like, a difference in the thing. And, yeah, you can. I only started wearing them, like, I got these about a week ago, so I'll see how it goes. But th the ones at night, 100%, make a huge difference. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like I'm, yeah, like, winding down, falling to, feel like I'm falling, to, falling asleep. As in, like, I feel like I could easily fall asleep later on rather than being wired because, yeah. unfortunately, as much as we... You know, we, we want to be in bed at like 10, 10, 30. It's generally... Oh, it's happening. No, it's always <laughs> But having those glasses on from about... I've noticed a change. Well, obviously, it's lighter now outside, so it's not too bad. I put one so early. <laughs> That's a good point. What? Is he recorded? Yeah, of course I am. It's a good conversation to have anyway. So, because people, I would say at night, obviously it's getting lighter now, so you put them a bit later, but like, gets about obviously half eight, put them on, and it's fine, you know, it makes you can just chill out a bit more. But yeah, I'm always recording, mate. I'm stealth, stealth. Like, no. <laughs> what about, what about um, flux? You know, using the flux. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you flux on this and stuff, but I mean, flux isn't on my isn't on my TV, you know, and it isn't on my yeah, 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 yeah. in my kitchen, for example. If I'm cooking, I don't put the big lights on, but I put a light, and I just have it have them on from about like half eight, whatever. But obviously, as a, as the sun, obviously as the day gets longer, I won't put them on until later on. I won't put them on if it's lights there; it's fine. But it's just um, yeah, I have noticed a difference with that huge um, yeah. Because even if you're looking, at, even if you're sending messages to your clients that you might, I don't know, Ryan doesn't do that. Um, but if I am, I don't, and that, I mean, my phone does have it anyway. But it's just if you've got double, it's just it's just easier, right? It's just if I forget to put it, put them on, it's on my phone. But if I don't, or if someone else has a laptop going, it's just just nice. But yeah, no, easy and yeah, these ones are probably the better, the best ones I've seen frame wise. I mean, so the other frames are horrific. Yeah, I've seen some of them. Yeah, uh, what's like the laser games or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, um, what was um three? Like, it was three, three D glasses. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. think of like, what's, what's that film with Roddy Piper in it? Where yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. That's what they look like. That. Um, yeah. I still haven't even seen that, but apparently it's. it's yeah, I just got a friend. Um, remember the wrestling one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I showed Fran about six months ago. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Good yeah, one. It's good. Well, it's, yeah. it's just everything we read, well, basically just shows you the world, right, as, as it is. I've yeah. seen clips of it, but I need to see the whole thing. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's a short film anyway, so it's a quick quick view, something like 90 minutes. It's back in the 80s when films were shorter. Yeah. So. I, yeah, now it seems like films just like to carry on a bit. For some time. Some of the... I don't mind, like, I watched the, the Marvel, um, I took my nieces the other day to watch... Um, um, Marvel, Marvel, um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, and it was good, it was good, but I thought, like, maybe they just... The one that was like that was, um, actually, that was good, but the one that was like that was, I think it was the first Superman one, where he come back, um, what's his what's his name? It was like he was fighting, anyway, it was ridiculous, and I was like, this is... Oh, um, Batman vs Superman! It wasn't Batman vs Superman. It was one before that where he, he fights the. He fight, anyway, it was the main. The, what's his name again? Who's Superman now? 
Lex Luthor and Zod and um, no, General Zod. Zod. But who plays him now? Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name right now. But yeah, I mean, I actually like Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. But did you did you see the you know the first one he was in? For me, I was like, this is just an hour and a half too long. Yeah, this has gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Lost me already. Yeah, the Return of Superman or something, I think it's called. Well, you yeah. know what? Yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't, I used to like comic, I used to like Batman. Spider Man's always been a bit, yeah, it's always been a, it's not, I don't think I've done it properly yet, but like, um, with with the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, I think they're really good, but like, um, but like, they, they've got a bigger story, but this one, like, sometimes I just go over the top, I think, I'm like, you don't need an extra half an hour in it, just. Yeah. But, I mean, if this the, um, the Dark Knight films, there's such storytelling involved in that you have to go past two hours. No, that, but that's good though, as in like, yeah, no, no one cares about, it's not what they say in copywriting, right? There's no, there's not, there's no two, there's nothing, there's no such thing as an email that's too long, just an email mm-hmm. that's boring, you know, and it's the same as like, or, or like any sort of script and so, when the story is good, you don't want it to end, um, but when it's, when they plan out the same thing again, like, I'm going to beat up the same guy 15 times. It's like, well... Yeah, the same story and just making it longer is not necessary. Otherwise. 100%, yeah. It's like, well, we've gone through this already. Um, mm. Yeah, so... Anyway... So what did you want to... Um, what did we want to discuss today? What's our, our thing? I mean, I know you mentioned um, about the hero's journey and stuff and kind of going over that and then seeing where it goes. Is that what you want to kind of take yeah, a look at? Today, yeah, I wanted to, talk to, I wanted to go into that because after listening to your episode with uh, Emma, I thought, thought you described it really well. I mean, I know that people, I mean, we've maybe touched on it before and, and sort of like everything, everyone's going through their own hero's journey and everyone's yeah. going through certain different parts of it. But um, it was, it was there, you, you explained it, I mean, he's, if, if you, those of you that haven't, Warren's got his own podcast out um, with Emil Heskey, the former, um, former Liverpool, Leicester and England forward and they've got a few different things going on. Uh, different different topics, and the first one was about um, was about the hero's journey. But it was really interesting. That you had twelve steps to it, right? Yeah. And so, if you can, I mean, if you, we can go go through them. But I mean, yeah. do, 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 do you teach this on the? Uh, I've seen you just come back from the the Czech uh, teaching the Czech one level one and two. Um, yeah. Did you uh, do you teach this on the on the Czech courses? Um. Yeah, we touch a little bit on level two, <clears throat> a little bit on the hero's journey level two, um, but Paul goes more into that when we go through the four quadrant, which is a, a different system of Paul's training that goes more into personal development. So, do you want, just, do you want me to just go into it, the hero's journey, can yeah, go through the 12 steps and stuff, and we can discuss it? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Yeah, so, as we're alluding to, so there's a famous guy called Joseph Campbell that mentioned, um, or all basically went through history and realized that throughout history, we all go through steps out quite similarly, basically encapsulated into 12 steps, which is a 12 model, 12 step model of what we go through in life. So when we see, as we were just trying, what, what we were talking about was quite relevant when we were talking about films, because in every single film, there's the hero and there's the villain. And that's just in life, whether um, you're like a, even in a boxing match, there's always the hero and then the villain. They always have to have their adversary or their nemesis. So we see this cast throughout time. So um, Joseph Campbell was able to encapsulate a way of what this really folded into, into life. And he found that there was 12 specific steps that um, we go through. 
Um, so we always go through some form of adversary, some form of challenge in our lives. If we go to a certain point in the steps, we overcome adversity. And what does it mean if we overcome adversity? Where does it take us? What's the programming at the start of our lives that is the kind of fuel to allow us to become engaged? So before we go through the 12 steps, um, just as a synopsis, we often hear about specific athletes that had a bad childhood, like a great example is someone like Mike Tyson, who went from foster home to foster home. His parents just left him, and um, he went through a, he a heck of a lot of pain. He had a lot of rage, and he funneled that rage into one of the most prolific boxing careers. So what we find is even with music, a lot of the best um, musicians or best albums, I should say, are always at a period in a musician's life when they've gone through pain. They just had a breakup, or they just had a death in the family, whatever, and they funnel that pain into a beautiful album because we've all gone through the journey to some degree. We can kind of relate to the story in the song. So it, those are just examples of how we all go through these 12 steps. So let's go through... So just just, um, just, just, just quickly, it's like would, with the hero's journey, so what you say there, I mean, not, not everyone can, can relate to success, but everyone can relate to struggle. Mm. And it's also like, would the hero, would he resonate with people so much if he didn't go through the job? Would people like him so much if he didn't go through change? You know, if you're just like, walking across the street, oh, I was like, it's like even Bruce Wayne, he's a multi-millionaire, right? But mm. but people like him because he because he's got a dark side. Like he's he's not this, he's not the opposite. So he says to the Joker, it's like you're not, we're not so dissimilar, me and you. He's in, mm. he's not he's not the good. He's, yeah, he's not just like he's trying. Like he's not Jesus. He's got his own demons, and those demons and the struggles that he goes through are what makes him, yeah, like um, makes us able to resonate or like understand him better and actually like him. You know, that's this. Yeah. Say. I think it's in China. Instead of um, when they see a broken glass or a broken cup, instead of throwing the cup away, they fill the cracks with gold, and they because they think mm-hmm. it makes it unique and special and beautiful. And it's like for people out there, like you're the things that make you unique or your, your death, oh, imperfections. imperfections are the things that make you, yeah, like you and make you, um, yeah, like, yeah, they say unique, I suppose, but so people can yeah. actually understand. So t- yeah. struggle is a very important part of, I think people resonate with you. Yeah. And just as we were talking about moving movies and filmmaking, uh, humans are very visual. So stories help to encapsulate things that are in their lives. And that's why, you know, even when we were just talking about the movies and stuff, um, what great story storytelling is to show the pain. Like you can't just have them. We spoke about Superman. You can't just have a film Superman and he's born and he's happy and then he just flies around and saves the world. No one will buy into that. Yeah, exactly. They have to have some form of challenge or nemesis. So you have to see periods where Superman had his downside. They would never write a superhero that had no weakness because no one would watch it. It's like when we speak about. Um, the Matrix, and we will get into the 12 steps in a minute. Um, but again, all the stuff we're doing is kind of prefacing the need for understanding why there are 12 steps and why it is, it is real. Um, so the second, the, sec- the second Matrix film, which I always say is the best film out of three of the Matrix films, there's a scene near the end when he meets the, um, the architect. And the architect's basically talking to him about how he developed the first, ma- the first Matrix. And in the Matrix film, for those who haven't seen it, um, you're plugged into, your human body's plugged into this energy system where robots are basically siphoning the energy of them. But in order to keep the humans alive, they create this matrix that they can see and perceive as a reality. 
So the the architect says the first matrix was a disaster because he had basically created a world where every human that was in the matrix got everything they wanted. There was no challenge. Everything they ever wanted to accomplish, any woman or any man they ever wanted to date, they were able to. But he said the humans rejected the program because it was perfect, because their expectation was they had to have some form of challenge. So they rejected the matrix. And then what happened was he had to create, you had to create the oracle. And he said the oracle was more human in that she had a more flawed mind. So when she designed the matrix, it had flaws in it, it had challenges and it had things that we didn't, we didn't always get what we wanted. And that matrix was accepted. So it's so incredible that humans wouldn't, uh, wouldn't accept a utopia. We would only accept a world where there was travesty and challenge. And that was the matrix that we lived in. Was it Young, uh, Carl, I don't think it was Carl Young, who said, um, who said um, that if we did have a perfect world, humans would probably burn it down just, because, just so they could, like, I think it was Young, uh, Young or if it was, I'm trying to think who it was. Or oh, Carl, Carl Jung. Carl Jung, so yeah, Carl Jung. Yeah. Um, Jung, Jung. Uh, I, like, if... Yeah, humans would probably think it was a perfect world. Humans would probably burn it down just to have something to overcome, you know, because we need that challenge. We need that resistance. Oh, we need, it's like a purpose. If it was, everything was easy, it's like yeah. it's the same. Even if at a basic level, you go and play, say you're playing a sport against someone, yeah. and the team, say you're playing football against someone or, or karate, whatever it is, you're playing and your opponent is really weak. Beating yeah. them has no value. Yeah. Like you, you might win 10 0, you're like, the games that you might lose and you get the last minute winner or the games that are a struggle and you finally win, they're the ones that mean something because you've overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's easy, it generally, it's, it's true, it's not worth doing because you're like, well, I can have that. But anything yeah. that's just, that's why like, yeah, even in like building a business, you know, it's like, it's I always, I don't know if you know only Fools and Horses, but Del Boy, when he's done it all, mm. and he's, he goes, I'm bored. It's like, I, I loved all the, the journey was half the fun and, then you can go into other yeah. things. Like the more money you've got, you can always go into other things and challenge yourself. Mm. But the journey and the challenges are what make mm. life. Mm. So people look at the destination, and the destination isn't. I mean, to I mean, that's the thing as you learn as you're going through this building business, same as you. You know, your destination's just like obviously you've got somewhere. I mean, how long can you sit on the beach and just relax yeah. before you'd be like, no, I need mm. something to do with something here. And, and obviously you grow and you learn. Like you, you need change. Uh, you need purpose and. Um, Hundred percent. So the hero's journey is like, yeah. you say, it's well documented. And in films, you know, yeah, in films, well, you said humans are love a story. That's why we got myths, but also we're great imitators, right? So that's why looking at things visually and, and going into these stories, people will walk out of a film and they start quoting their favourite character because they're like imitating him. And so yeah. these stories, although they are films and entertainment, they a lot of them do have steep to reality. reality. Mm. Yeah. Very close to morals, yeah. Yeah, and it's like even um, the um, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, one of the guy that wrote the books, was it Napoleon Hill, um, wrote the books and he was talking about how he interviewed 700 millionaires and billionaires when he's compiling the books and he found that um, every single one of them was unhappy because they gained all the wealth in the world but they weren't fulfilled. And a lot of that fulfillment comes from having something else to accomplish. And, you know, the whole idea of what happens to a tree when it stops growing, it dies. So, to your point, if everybody was successful in everything they ever did, there would be no one to conquer. 
and with no one to conquer you, there you have a lack of fulfillment. And people listening to this probably think, no, oh, if I got everything I want, I would be happy. But if you got everything you want, what, what would there be to acquire? You've, you've, you've attained everything. And that's why you see this stuff with multimillionaires and billionaires being sad because they've accomplished everything they want. So, you, like you said, we need adversity. We need something. I mean, if you had an opponent that, if you were great at martial arts or boxing, you had an opponent that stood in front of you and didn't even lift their arms, you would say, pick up your arms, hit back. We always have this because we know that the challenge is the journey and the journey is the challenge. And that's what the... Um, you know, 12 steps go through. So, 100%. This just mm-hmm. what you said there. That's why people, even in those positions, they try something new or they go into like, they go into a different avenue. People say, Oh, you've done it. It's like, why don't you sit back? It's like, No, I want a try, I go to you know, business, whether it be different martial art or whether it be a different sport or a la- learn a language or travel. Mm-hmm. To, that's mm-hmm. all because they need to grow and expand because otherwise yeah, as you say if you're not moving forward you know you're, you're staying still you're going backwards and so mm-hmm. yeah, sorry so go ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah so let's, let's go through the process and then we'll discuss examples at, at each point of what it can relate to so um so human life is the human journey, which kind of relates to the purpose of the challenge and kind of we've alluded to but without the interplay of light and darkness um we we cannot without the interplay of the light or darkness, we don't know if the light is a light and the darkness is a darkness because we need the opposite to be able to recognize it. It's like Luke Skywalker, he can't recognize how good he is without knowing Darth Vader, without knowing what the badness can look like. So in the 12 steps, the first step that we all go through is um, the ordinary world. And the ordinary world is where you kind of wake up, you're, you're a child and you start to have this realization that life is just normal. You just play, because when you look at a child, they're in this um, egocentric stage of their life where everything is ex- existential, everything is an extension of them. They're happy, their parents are happy. They're sad, their parents are sad. And every single time a child is in this egocentric stage, they think that life is an extension of them. So they're living in the ordinary world where every child has no responsibilities other than open your mouth and eat poop, mom and dad takes care of it. It's just the ordinary world. There's nothing to it other than I wake up, I eat, I sleep, I, I defecate, and that's it. And there's nothing more to life at that point. You do not think about politics or sexism or um, growth of a business. It's just an ordinary life. It's the ordinary world. So that's the first stage, and that kind of replicates the first seven years of our lives when there's not much more than going to school and you know basic things. And that's most of humanity is in this stage. Now, interestingly, you can be, you don't even have to be a child to still be in the ordinary world. Most humans today are actually in the, in the ordinary world where they will wake up, they will go to work, they will do whatever they need to, to, to make money and then come home. They'll seek the path of least resistance. So you'll often get people saying, I don't like this job, but it's easy money. And that's a great example of it. It's easy money. Someone, again, we're not knocking people that do easy jobs or, should I say, jobs that don't challenge them emotionally or spiritually. But what we're saying is that's the ordinary world. So if you're like a bus driver, once you learn the roads, what more is it to learn from that job? This is only the interplay of talking to people, new people, new customers. But it doesn't really challenge you in terms of fulfillment or growth. And as we know, and as you discussed with a lot of your guests, 
there's a, so much more to life than just making money and paying your bills. It's about growth internally and spiritually. So people that do jobs that they think are mundane, again, jobs they think are mundane, but do them because it's easy money, they are also living in the ordinary world, which is most of humanity. So that's the first step. And then the second step, again, anytime you want to jump in and we can talk about specific examples, please do. Um, so then the second stage is the call to adventure. So the call to adventure is typically when you're a younger, younger person, child, and something strikes you. So when I was working with one of my athletes, she'd said that when she was younger, she watched um, <clears throat> Florence Griffiths Joyner or Flojo, the famous sprinter, who currently still held, I think for the last 40 years, um, the 100-meter women's record in sprinting. And since she made that record, 40 years ago, mine, no one's broken it. And where she, my client at the time, where she grew up, there weren't that many black children around. Um, so she was in a predominantly white neighborhood. So she couldn't really see any heroes around her to kind of reference and say, oh, I want to be like her because she looks like me. And she saw Florence Griffiths join her in her words. She was like, I saw a woman that looked like me who was doing so well and I inspired to become like her. That's a call to action or call to adventure where there's something that triggers you. You think, hmm, that gravitates to me. I want to become that. When I grow up, I want to be that. So that's the standard call to adventure where something triggers you. And again, that can happen at different times for different people, but typically it's in the pre-adolescent stage of life. Yeah. And then once you've gone past that stage, the next stage is a refusal of the call. So what typically happens is you have this idea that you want to become something more, and then something else might get in the way, like you might have parents say, all right, forget that thing, go get your grades um, you've got to go to school, you've got to get straight A's or whatever. And because of the pressure from external, you typically start to refuse the call of wanting to become whatever it is. Because normally whenever we, whenever we think about what a child asks for, they don't normally say a, a typical mundane job. They don't normally say, I don't, when I grow up, I want to be a bus driver. They don't normally say, I want to be the president. I want to be an, a, a famous athlete. I want to be an actor. And those are seen as high-risk jobs. So the refusal of the calls are typically either you or people around you say, that's just a fantasy, focus on the real stuff, get your grades, don't worry about that, let's just get an office job or something like that. So you get pushed into this refusal of the call. That's, that's like, that's, that for most people, that, a lot of people that happens, right? they, they, they might want to do something, but they pick this safe option. Or, yeah. and, and that safe option, inevitably, the universe keeps on giving them that pain teaching until they realise it is in like this isn't fun or or like it's not getting me where I want it to want to go or as you said I'm making loads of money but I'm bored I'm stagnant I don't mm. money is like it's like people all the time they say I've got all this money but I'd, I'd take a fifty percent pay cut to enjoy what I do and it's yeah and and so a lot of people refusing the call is I mean is that everyone goes through this but I think that's a big step that a lot of people can get stuck in. For a yeah. long period of time. Yeah, or for the whole of their life. Yeah. They'll do jobs that are the safe bet. Like you said, they may work. And again, when we say these job titles, we're not knocking people that do these, but again, it's based on your perception. So someone want, might something might want something more. And let's use a typical, I know this is like generalization, but I haven't spoken to a lot of my clients. 
Hmm? Bar staff, like working behind a bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, let's say, someone who, um, you know, you spoke to lots of people, like even in Asian families, this is typical where you're either going to be a doctor or an accountant or a barrister. Yeah. And I've spoken to a lot of Asians, they're, they're all pretty much saying the same sort of thing. Like, my parents aren't happy unless I'm a doctor or a barrister or an accountant. And that's pushed them away because they may want to be a, a fencer. And when I say fencer, I'm talking about going to fencing, Olympic fencing or Olympic lifting. So there are pressures. Yeah, yeah. And they get pushed away. So what happens is they, they conform and they say, right, I'm going to get a good grade so I can be an accountant. And that's when they refuse the call also. But like you said, there's something more in the way of them because they're successful but unfulfilled. And then they get to this, this, the next stage, which is the fourth stage, which is meeting the mentor, where, again, something may trigger them where they say, you know what, I'm not going to refuse to call anyone, because like you said, at some point we all refuse to call, but it's for how long? For some people, it's for their whole lifetime, and for some people, it's for a limited period of time. But at, at some stage, we will meet the mentor that will inspire us, and we may say, I'm going to just do this job. Then one day they do a course and they listen to a podcast and there's someone that inspires them as a mentor or a guy that's, that talks to them about you know, not listening to the majority, focusing on the minority because they're the ones that are shaping the world. Um, and then so they're inspired by some form of mentor that they hear online or a personal friend who is doing better than them in terms of fulfillment. And that inspires them to say, you know what, I'm going to get back into what my desire was. So they go back to that call to adventure. And then eventually they start to study that field or they leave the job and they, they travel the world, whatever it is they needed to do to inspire them to fulfill their destiny. And once they do that, they get to a point where they're actually brave enough to step over the fear, the fear and into their passion then they get to what's called crushing the threshold. And crossing the threshold is where they picked up so much experience of the things that they don't want to do and so focused on the things that they do want to do that they now become their own teacher. So is that step five? Yeah, that's step five, so crossing the threshold. So it's sort of like when the pain of change becomes less than the pain you're going through, then you're ready to change. You said like, does that make mm. sense? So yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're going through, you're like, uh, is going to be... I might have to do this, I might have to do that, it might be hard for a while, yeah, but where I'm at right now, that's more painful than going through those changes that I need to make. Yeah, it's unsustainable. So, so it's the same in the form of the change. When the, desire for, when the desire for change is greater than the resistance to change, change happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's the form of the change. So in a more articulate way than what I was just more articulate way, yeah. So at that point, you become the 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 symbol of your own experience. You become your own teacher. You start to understand the lessons that you've gone through, like you said, the pain teacher. You've understood enough of your lessons that you can speak that truth back to others. So typically, you're at an age where you've experienced enough of life's lessons, enough rubbish, that you're able to reflect back on what lessons you've learned and it's made you become a teacher. You become your own master by going through that pain. Like you said, you would have needed that pain to be able to go through it in the first place. That's to teach about to others. So you cross the threshold. People, when when you do that, like from my, so I say to people as well, like a lot of, for example, when I talk to clients or potential clients, it's huge to tell people your story because the fact, for example, a lot of people might be have chronic illness or chronic disease, chronic disease or 
chronic fatigue or whatever it is. And they go and see doctors. And doctors, obviously, when it comes to chronic illness, they haven't got a clue. When it comes to a car crash, A&E, great. When it comes to chronic illness. One, but not just the point that they're giving them pills. The other point is they haven't actually been through this themselves. Mm-hmm. One, when you've experienced, like myself, I went through that. And so come out the other side. Mm. So you see, like it's a girlfriend. <laughs> um, when you've gone through it, and, and um, <clears throat> sorry, just quickly, by the way, that was your girlfriend at the start of the show. Had a wrong guys because we didn't actually introduce her. But um, yeah, so it's like when you've gone through that, people trust you as well because they're like, okay, he's gone through it. He's he's now where he is here, and he's gone through these stages and having experienced that, um, that pain, that frustration and go through all your challenges, you come out the other side, it's a lot different to just a talking head, as Paul would say, you know, someone's just talking, but hasn't gone through it, because it's very different when you've been through those challenges and experienced them, you can guide people through them, because when mm. they come to you with your challenges, you're like, okay, when I went through this, this worked for me, or da 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 and you can actually speak to them, or say so you can, because I always say as a coach, it's more than one way to skin a cat, you can never get people through it, and having gone through stuff, you know, you know all the roadblocks that could appear, all, yeah. the, all the booby traps that can trip you up mm. uh, and so, so knowing that is quite a, it's quite a, a, an advantage I think yeah exactly everything you just mentioned is so important for people because um, as you said you become an authentic teacher through experience this, I always say this example that um, if you read a thousand books on martial arts and never, and never practiced you're not a martial artist you can't be because you have to go through um, experience it's like um, people that are going through plant medicines, they've had an experience. Everybody else can only talk about it. So they would need someone who's crushed the threshold and has become an authentic teacher through experience to be able to guide them as to what to experience. And like they say, in, in every sport and every walk of life, you cannot buy experience, you can only go through it. So experience is, as I say, experience is the teacher. Life is the lesson. And that's what we go through with these 12 steps. Now, I just want to make this clear for people that are listening. Not everybody goes through all 12 steps. Some people get stuck at two, and they let fear get in the way. So as I'm sure you've heard, um, fear is they have that acronym, um, false um, false evidence appearing real. But I heard somebody else break it down, and they were saying um, that acronym is either forget everything and run, which is what some people do. They get to the point where they forget everything and run. They can run away from what they want to do. But then the other side of it, when you cross the threshold, is you face everything and rise, which is what we have to do. Not everybody does that, which is why uh, 95% of the world's wealth is owned by 5% of the world, um, which means that there are only a few people that are feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And when you look at it that way, how many people are doing what they truly want to what, what they truly want to do in life? How many people in life coaching is a saying, if you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Yeah. And most people are not willing to live life on the edge. Most people are fearful of public speaking. So they're not standing out, they're not crossing the threshold. And so most people get stuck in the first two, three or four stages because they're not brave enough to go through what that pain will put them through and not realize that the pain will actually be a great lesson because, as Paul Check says, all of our challenges are beautiful opportunities for growth. And people aren't willing to go through that because they choose the path of least resistance and they don't cross the threshold. That's quite a human trait, I mean, isn't it, to do... That's why people like... I mean, the body's the same at once, but like people 
want the easiest path and that's unfortunately to growth and to do things that's not how even if, even for your sales development or business or whatever it is if it's be a sport or whatever you're doing you know those things that are hard are the things that do grow you grow you the most and also it's like if you're nervous about something it's generally the something that's really worthwhile doing and once you've done it you're really happy you have um, and so yeah you know that that's huge what was that what did what was that quote Paul just said what was the, the quote that you just said from Paul he says people are oh um um, all, all of our opportunities are all of our be- all, all of our challenges are beautiful opportunities for growth. Right, yeah, and that's so true. Yeah. So, yeah. True, yeah. so, so um, I don't know if you've heard the other day. Do you know um, another podcast I listen to sometimes called Mind Pump, and they had Jim Quick on who are trying to get on. As yeah, well. yeah, 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 and yeah. He's, yeah, like, no. he, he's like the brain teacher. He's phenomenal. I know, well, no, I know, he is. Yeah. yeah, but for some other people out there who, who may not know, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, he's um, he's <laughs> someone who like he's Hollywood. Uh, people use him for remembering script. He's, he's really good at he's like things for, for memory, for brain um, health, and for for actually like getting you to understand how to learn rather than like people say like what to learn and fast learning, learning. Yeah, fast, fast learning. learning. Yeah, Jim Quick. Yeah. Funny, funny. Ironically, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and um, fast learning. And he was saying, you know. Um, Someone said, "How? What problems have you got?" Uh, he was talking to one of these billion, one of these millionaire um, clients, and he was saying, "How did you get through all these problems that you got?" And he's like, "Jim, I don't have problems. I have puzzles." Interesting. And I was like, and I, was like "I like that a lot." And it's mm. like because problems, yeah, okay. But he said every problem is a solution. But he said puzzles, it's fine. You just got to work out what pieces to put where, and once you've done that, you can get over them. And I was like, really like that because it's true. Yeah. Everything is a puzzle. Once you, if you really want this, it's funny because. When you, even I always go back to it because being in, in in it yourself, when you've been trying to grow a business and not understand what to do, and even if you haven't got people go, I haven't got enough money, that like this, that, and that. If you really want to find a way, you will. You'll you'll reach out to people. You'll you'll use what knowledge you've got. You'll save. You'll do. You'll do whatever it is. You'll have. You'll do what you have to do. Whereas a lot of people aren't willing to do that. But I know I've been there. Tears and not do it. Not 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 going as quickly as I wanted to. Do. Everyone thinks probably we're in this world of like social media everything's glossy and people think they can get from here zero to a hundred in no time at all but they don't understand like um i think we talked about it before how many nights it takes to become an overnight success mm. days hours that's and so like when we're doing this you grow and people are going all oh, right business is growing it's like yeah but i've been working at this for a long time and so have you and and you, you build it and you go out there and, and half the thing is they say half the battle showing up if you keep on showing up you keep putting yourself out there and that's something a lot of people aren't willing to do, but you do, and as you navigate it, you learn. You learn all the pitfalls, and you put the puzzles into place, and you go out there, and you expand your knowledge, and you're, you're people say to me sometimes, like, how do you get such good guests on your show? I'm like, I just reach out, put myself out there. They're like, yeah, but these are like well-fed. I'm like, yeah, so? I'm, and they've got, I've got like, growing all the time how many downloads we get a month, but it's like, um, if you don't, put yourself out if you don't was it that famous thing if you don't ask you don't get mm. and when people are talking to an audience um a lot of people are happy to talk and it's great so people are always like well, it's like, well if i didn't ask if i said oh no they don't want to talk to me um and it's the same as this that i've learned obviously with 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 you if you some people i have on it's let them talk about certain subjects but with people like you it's nice to have a conversation and you learn how to do this better and it becomes like an easy. It's never easy. It comes easier to just like understand what what someone said. There, I think it was um, Gabby Reese was on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, and she was like, 
you know, people think I can do this, uh, I could do that, and she's like, no, you can't. Like people, like what you do, Joe, is really impressive in terms of the way you talk to your guests and then yeah. do that. And he was like, yeah, but I've had a lot of practice, and that's true. For he's done over a thousand podcast episodes, and keep people yeah. to someone. Same as you with your job, you know, the more hours you put in, was it Gary Player? The more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I completely understand, and that, that's why the puzzle thing for me was I thought it was mm. quite a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I said, yeah, it's um, it's not what you do; it's what you do consistently that counts. And you become stronger from 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 the challenges. Like you said, if you, it's like you know, sometimes you see those films and you see some multi-millionaire or billionaire and he's, and he's training, like fight training and he has his lackeys and he's like, fight me! And so someone runs in, he beats them up and they throw them. Next one, over here! Beats them up, he throws them away. And you know these guys are like, I'm not going to beat my, my boss. <laughs> so is he really getting a fight? It's like that. People think that if, if it's not easy, then I'm not going to pursue it. But they don't understand, like you said, overnight success. But yeah, you only, you only know who I am now. It's like people only recognize certain celebrities once they were on Oprah. And like, oh, wow, you're new. And it's like, no, I've been doing this for 15 years. It took 15 years to get on Oprah. <laughs> and now you see that I exist. Yeah. But you don't see what I did. <laughs> it's like even in training camp. It's like even uh, boxers in training camp. They may train for three months and then people pay to see them for 36 minutes. <laughs> but you didn't see me for three months what I had to do to perform for three minutes, well, you know, 36 minutes or less. So yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's um, sacrifice and um, the willingness to suffer, um, and then you know just just knowing that you have to become comfortable in the uncomfortable that creates the success. So then, so obviously we've spoken about the fifth, and obviously we spoke, spoke quite a while about that. But that's the that's the kind of the threshold, the change from. I think that's an important step. Yeah, because that's from being um, reactive to life to being proactive in life. And what does that mean for those listening? Well, most people today are reacting to circumstances. They will pay a bill because they have to. They will try to reach out and get a better job because they have to. They will try to learn more if they get ill because they have to. They will purchase um, better food because they have to because their doctor told them they don't they'll get ill or they'll come to one of us because they have to because they're in pain like I don't know if you've ever had a client say hi I'd like to work with you there's nothing wrong with me I just like to be healthier most of, it's not that only a, only a couple of times only a couple yeah, of times yeah. it's happened yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, so what's been going on nothing I just want to be super healthy I'm like yeah. love it I'm like where we go yeah. But you'll be a joy to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, most, and those are beautiful people to work with. But most of the time, people come to us, I've got this, I've got that wrong. My knee's hurt, my back, I've got, got dysbiosis, I've got a parasite. And that's being reactive. So most of the time, most of humanity is in the reactive stage. Whereas in order for us to truly grow ourselves, we have to be in a proactive stage where we're doing because we want to rather than because we have to based on circumstance. And when someone crosses the threshold, they're now moving into that proactive stage of wanting to, like someone like David Beckham, when he used to play football, he'd say that he'd do one, sorry, 1,000 free kicks a day. He'd practice. He didn't have to do that. He chose to do that. Even Johnny Wilkinson, I know he did a similar number of the rugby player. He did a similar number of, of kicks to go through his training. He chose to do that, and that's what made him better. I think he said, because uh, I was 
he was someone that I always looked up to when I was trying to play rugby in the same position and I used to kick goals and stuff and I mean when you when you get older you realise that that was too much of the body and you broke him down and, and you, you got into a thing that like he'd have probably 50 kicks a day at goal instead of like 1500, 2000 mm. and, and at the end of the day in the game you've only got one shot right so you need to yeah. like, practice that but obviously practice is working out certain things you're looking at your technique and things and and um, he said, at one point, I think I was doing 8,000 kicks a week for five wow. kicks on a weekend. Or wow. for, for, for seven kicks on a weekend or something like that. You know, it's something ridiculous. He worked it out. And he was like, yeah. And, and, I mean, and it, it just gets to the point where, as you said, Bruce Lee's quote, right? I fear the man, I don't fear the man that knows a 1,000 kicks. And I, I fear the man that's on one kick a 1,000 th- times or whatever it is, or 10,000 times. And very prominent. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, like I said, you spend so much time on this because this is the change from what you were to what you are. And then after that, once you cross the threshold, you have far more responsibility. And that's when you go into the next one, the sixth stage, which is um, tests, allies, and enemies. So that normally is when somebody has now become an authentic teacher and leader, and as they say, more money, more problems. So you start to get the hangers on, you get people that want to challenge you at where you're at. So you'll have, whether it's an injury or your business will collapse. So Tony Robbins and other people have spoken about how when they created a multi-million pound business, something happened and it collapsed. And that's a test or a, test or a challenge. So we're, what we're saying is that this, at this stage, it doesn't mean life's good from here onwards. It means, no, you've got greater responsibility because like Tony Robbins said that, I can't remember how many workers he had, but something is in the hundreds. And he said, you really think with hundreds and hundreds of workers, there won't be more problems because there's more people to, to please or to appease and in some way. There's more things that can go wrong as your business grows. As your success grows, there's more things that can go wrong. So when we're at this stage, we go through these tests, um, allies and enemies, and some of the enemies are ourselves, but it's also family, friends, and people around us. And we can get challenged in so many different ways. If you're successful, you can have friends that start to befriend you for your success, or only want to be around you because of your success. You can get relationships with people that are only pretending to be in a relationship with you because they want your success. So we're talking about so many different scenarios of tests and challenges well, at that stage. Well, you see, like people, famous people, footballers, or stuff or whatever it is and they say like when I was doing well everyone and as soon as I wasn't on the front page anymore as soon as I was injured for a while I think Andy uh, Watson the other day the bar, bar for play he was a British lion and he went through he tore his Achilles and he's been out for like a year or so and he's like oh I finally realised who my friends were like the people sometimes I didn't think were that close were the ones reaching out to me and saying how are you and the people that I thought were close didn't hear from them and, yeah. um, and so it's amazing. You got to really know your people around you, right? And that's why sometimes that's why a lot of famous people they keep the, their friends from from really young because they know they, they they knew them when they were just no one. When they would say no one, but they were just like their friend. And so you've got that level of trust there. Yeah, yeah. And most people have mastered the art of deception to the point where they've learned even to lie to themselves. You just don't know who's true nowadays. So those are the sets on the test and that like so like I said, we spoke about emotional stuff and you gave examples of physical challenges such as an athlete who tears an injury and they're so like imagine someone like a Cristiano Ronaldo who's a game changer, if he injures himself, the pressure he's under to get fit sooner. That's a massive test. And you might think, yeah, but he's made X amounts of hundreds of millions. It's relevant to the level that they're at. It's all relative. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, um, it doesn't matter how much he's made. He wants to be on the yeah. pitch, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then once you go through tests and allies and challenges of different types, then the next step is um, the innermost cave. Because what it does is, like what you just said, innermost cave. Yeah. So, so in that, so it's allies. It was tests, allies, and challenges. Tests, allies, and challenges. Okay. Can that even be people holding you back to who you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people challenging you, somebody like challenging your authenticity, uh, or saying that, oh, you changed, you're not the same person, all that sort of stuff. Those are all tests. Well, yeah, I've got a good day actually about that. It's like you've changed. It's like, yeah, we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You make it become positive. And it's even things like um, when it comes to changes, I remember I was listening to um, P. Diddy um, some years ago. He said something. And, and at first I was like, hmm. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I can understand that. He said that it's really hard to not be arrogant when you've been this successful. And I, for a fact, I was like, what? You arrogant souls. But then I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? What would I be like if I had, because he he's worth like something like 400 million. And I was like, it must be, and I was like, you know what? It must be so much harder if everyone around you is worshipping you all day, every day. Every opportunity you, you want is just there. Doors open. I remember, before you say your comment, hopefully you remember it. I remember when, um, Mike Tyson, he shared this story where when he was younger and he wasn't a famous um, boxer, he went into a specific um, shop and then he wanted to buy a jacket and he just didn't have enough money. And the guy just said, oh, get out of here, you bum, or whatever. And I remember when he was champion, he went back to that shop uh, many years later and he wanted to buy a jacket or whatever. And the guy said, oh, have this jacket for free. And Tyson looks at him and reminds him of the story. Because you know, when I was young and I didn't have the money, you didn't give me it. But now I can afford this whole shop. You only gave it to me for free. And the guy's like, because mm. you shouldn't do that. It should have been the other way around. So when that when they're at that level, doors open for them. Women or men throw themselves at them. Um, they don't have to pay for things that they should do because they can afford it. And I was thinking, it must be so much harder to be you with all of that around you. So, you know, it, it was a challenge. It was that challenge of the innermost cave and being able to have people around you say you have changed because imagine you do get to that point and you have all of that fame. How hard is it for you to be you? There's, there's two two ways though, like changing for like the worse and changing for the better, right? So, yeah, yeah. And so, and what you're saying there, that Tyson story, absolutely, I understand. It's weird like that happens and, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's... It's amazing how how people do that. It's like almost like a like pretty woman story, isn't it? When she walks into the store and like when she's all dialed up, she don't remember who they are because they've changed their perception or people want to be around you. But you know, like the, the you were saying there, I mean, yeah, you can change for the worse, or people think it's for the worse, or you change for the better. But the other thing, not only like having everyone falling at your feet, the other thing I'm being arrogant about is just like, oh, I come from nothing, I did it, what's stopping you? Sort of like being being like not even like oh everyone worships me I've got all the money in the world it's more like I've been through my changes I've got through them why are you what's stopping you sort of thing you know and it, and, it, yeah. and that could even be one of them not from a different perspective and I get 100% it must be hard not to be arrogant when you're that when you're that successful because but as Jordan Peterson talks about this is another thing he says like it's funny because the more successful you get the more opportunities come your way yeah and yeah. and so then you're like it's not you're not thinking about what can I do it's what should I not do 
or mm. that, and that can make as you say your a lot of things that a lot of business people have talked about your yes only has value when you learn to say yes. no and also and also about your your business will, will will survive and thrive on the things you say no to not the things you say yes to because they'll sap your energy and etc so I think it's huge that I mean that quote that he said I mean I for, for many reasons I can understand where it's coming from mm. From come from nothing to get there and to think, you know, I went through all that. I had my mm. best friend die. I had this, that, the other, and I'm here. Mm. So it can it can come from many ways, not just yeah, everyone yeah. loves me. Yeah, I think the most important thing that separates the two is if you are grounded. If you're grounded in some form of spiritual or personal development practice, and a lot of these successful people aren't. They um they don't have it and they don't feel fulfilled. So yeah, they will get to that point of arrogance, but. As you're alluding to, someone who's grounded and they have that connection to self, and they honour the journey and they understand what the journey has taught them, then they they won't have that arrogance. But it just means it's harder for someone who hasn't been at that stage to understand the challenges of being humble when you have, especially when you have spiritual practice. Hundred percent. I mean, it's like royalty; they're born into it, so they sort of understand it. But like a lot of people, or even sometimes it's the people that are really successful are not that arrogant because they're like, "Well, I'm really at the top; I don't need to be." Sometimes the people like just getting on that tip like I used to play rugby with people that were in Crusaders New Zealand legends and I had Dan Carter come up to me I don't even know who Dan Carter is he was like most successful New Zealand player of all time like, record points score. he's like the David Beckham of, of New Zealand he's like hi my name's Dan I was like no no shit so I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like humble whereas like, I play with Gloucester and these people on the fringes who were, who were no ones yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the big I am like the big cheese like, and you're like mate this be honest where it's like you see someone like I, mean, I suppose it's his personality as well but you see someone like David Beckham for example and he always seems to come across really quite humble um, mm. on camera uh, or and it might not be like that and you see him but he seems to come across like this normal person mm. some people as you say don't and that I don't know that can still be from maybe not deja vu mate really weird but that can um that can maybe come from people still thinking they're not enough, even like, or scared that they might lose it, so they build a falsehood around themselves. I think it was um, Kevin Hart the other day who was on the Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said Chris Rock, the comedian, mm-hmm. even though he's got all this money and his massive house, he still keeps a bag packed by the front door because he thinks someone's going to come through someday and say, you didn't think this shit was yours, did you? This has only been a joke. And he's like, because he said they come from nothing, he thinks that someone's going to take it away. And mm-hmm. so... It feels like that. He never thinks, and so I think yeah. that's like cocooning yourself. Yeah, is quite a, a, a big yeah. thing. Yeah, those are great examples. Um, also, um, Anthony Joshua, the the, the heavyweight boxer. Um, well, he's just re- released his own YouTube channel, maybe within the last month or so. And um, I just watched a clip, a clip of one of the episodes of um, Anthony Joshua, Mike Cribb, and he still lives at home with his mum. And if you see the house, like, you see the chairs, like, the chairs have got rips in them and all that sort of stuff, and it's a really small house, and he just said, you know what, it works. He said, people have said to me, why don't you buy a house? I mean, for those who don't know, he's worth about almost 100 million by now. Is it? He's, yeah, he's making an incredible amount of money. Um, so he's got about 100 million, and he's just signed a contract for maybe two to 300 million over the next five years, so he's going to be making an incredible amount of money um, on top of the incredible amount he already has, but he still lives. He said, look, it works. He said, look, my gym is, is 10 minutes down the road. So he goes, why, why, why do I change it? This chair, even though it's got ripped in it, it's comfortable. Why don't I need to change it? And that's a great example of someone who's grounded. But yeah, so 
part of the innermost cave is when someone has gone through some form of challenge in their life, when they, they have to go inside themselves. And that's what the innermost cave relates to. It's the cave itself is going into self, reflecting self-reflection and looking honestly at yourself in the mirror and seeing whether or not these choices and actions are serving me and am I being authentic in that. So it's like in the martial art films, you see the master say, go in, in the mountains and meditate for 10 years and come back and you'll know the truth. And that's where the whole example of the innermost cave is, the cave where you go inside the self with solitude and you address any issues that you haven't addressed because you've been so arrogant, busy, or focused on success that you haven't had a chance to go through your own personal demons. And that's what the inmost cave is. And as you just said, we all pretty much go through something like that at some stage in life. Even if it's a, if it's a thing where we get to the self-realization, why am I in this relationship? We both know this isn't good for us. We should depart, but we're just familiar. We're no longer in a relationship with a codependency. You know, and that's a self-reflection moment. So then the next stage after the innermost cave is um, you get, once you've learned all these lessons, you self-reflect, you've gone through the mentor and all these sort of things, you, you get into create such momentum because you're, you're starting to dissolve all the layers that hold you back. But again, you have to go through something else that allows you to finally tip over the edges. And you go through all these greatnesses, but then you eventually get to this point where you go through the ordeal. So ordeal is the baptism of fire, where you grow yourself to a certain point, you're at the pinnacle, and something always happens to force you back down, and that's the ordeal stage. But the ordeal stage, if you can get through it, it brings you to the reward stage. So is that stage eight, the ordeal? Yeah, um, eight, yes, eight, eight. reward stage. Or, or, so the ordeal stage is eight. So ordeal, you go through an ordeal or a baptism of fire, something great happens to you. So it could be, when I say great, we're looking at it from the positive, but at the point in time when you're going through it, you, you despise it. And then you always hear from these great entrepreneurs, when I went through it, I didn't like it. When I got to the end, I understood why. And that's the ordeal stage that we go through, whether it's a breakup or our business crashes and we build a better business or we're writing a book. That's going to be a game changer in the book. We lose the book in the car. I remember Bob Proctor, the famous um, entrepreneur, success um, guru, was talking about how he wrote a book in the, in the back of a car. He left it in a taxi. And um, he, he said, yeah, it went. He said, well, I was always supposed to write a better book. You know, he looks at it in a completely different way. And um, so the ordeal stage is the baptism of fire that we all have to go through to face ourselves, to face all the things that we think about ourselves. And if we can get through it, we become greater people. And I remember being taught that the, the greatest teachers on the planet are the ones that go through the greatest challenges. And they have to go through those challenges to become the great teachers that they are now. And I remember Tony Robbins when he said, if he had, because he said his mother, when he was younger, his mother used to beat the crap out of him when he was younger. And then he said, but if I had the mother I wanted, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And he said it was because he went through all that pain and that suffering, he wanted to make sure no one ever experienced that. No, so he had to have gone through that. 100%. I wouldn't be doing what I do today if I hadn't gone through what I went through. And it's like yeah. completely different to what I thought I'd be doing. You know? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, I completely understand. And you're not the same person because you're like, you scratch your own itch and then you're like, to everyone else, you don't have to live in pain or frustration. You can do things differently. It's like Tony Robbins. It's like, hmm. And it's, yeah, 100%. I think that's huge. 
Yeah. So that's the ordeal. And an ordeal, if you can get through the ordeal, um, makes you go to the reward. But before I go to that, I just want to say the statement that Paul Check had mentioned. He said that um, when it comes to change, people do one of two things. They either go further into denial or they change. So the denial stage is when you teach someone some truth. Maybe it's let's talk about smoking. You, you know, you give someone tons of information, force them to kind of realize or make them get to the stage of realization that they realize it's unsustainable, it's no longer serving them. Well, in order for them to maintain their process of what they accept about themselves, their habit loop, they have to go greater into denial to be able to keep that habit loop because they don't want to change. That's the only way they can continue being who they are. And most people that don't want to change, all they've done is gotten better at denying. It's like when you talk to a religious person who um, they realize that they don't want to get a divorce, but because they're following a specific ethic based on their religious belief, they don't, they don't leave the marriage. And they stay un- un- unhappy for the rest of their life. And one of my friends, he spoke to me the other day about his mother and father. They were married until um, the father passed recent, you know, recent years. And he said, as they grew up and they became older children, because he's in his 50s now, um, I think their father passed about 10 years ago. So, you know, they were all fully developed um, children. And they had said 15 years prior to that, they hoped their mother and father would have split up because it wasn't good for either of them, but they did because of their religious um, inclination. So that created a resistance to change, and they had to get better at denying the fact that they should have separated to maintain the marriage. And we get that a lot now. There's so many people that have to become better at denying to maintain the lifestyle that is not sustainable for them. And most people, as we know, are unhappy. Most people come to us in a stage of unhappiness. But in order for them to maintain their life as it is and continue their life for the next 15, 20 years, they have to get better at denying the truth so they can stay doing what they do. So you either get better at denying or you change. And if you get to the change stage, then um, if you, sorry, if you stay at the denial stage, you'll still be in an ordeal for the rest of your life. And that's when you're in the victim stage and you think the world's against me. And you're convincing yourself that life is terrible. But if you get to the reward stage, then you're convinced that the, the, the ordeal was a lesson. And then from that, you cultivate greatness. So that's stage nine. And then after stage nine, then you get to the road back. And the road back is where you have molded all of your lessons into a story that serves you. And you are now in flow. This is where people are in the flow stage of their lives. They're at the, um, not the to me stage, but the by me stage. They're creating life on their terms. And they're starting to give back to the world. Um, and then from that, you move on to the um, would you resurrection. Say, would, you say that, would you say that's like where, where we are? Yeah, we're giving back our information to the world, definitely. Yeah, floating, like creating the, the life that we want, I suppose, yeah. like in that like way. And even like doing this today, like what we're talking about. So I mean, maybe, yeah, it's trying to think where we are, probably the flow, flow stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with that, it doesn't mean that you're multi-millionaire or billionaire. It means that you're doing what your purpose is. You're in flow with your purpose and choices. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. So and then you get to the resurrection stage where you're now an authentic leader or teacher. Everything is totally truthful to you. Everything you bring into your practice and everything you speak is in flow with your belief systems. And that's um, kind of like the 10th stage and then the 11th um, stage 
is um, maternity lexia, which again is just an, 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 an example of an improvement of where you're at, which is now you're speaking your truth, you are the truth, you, you live the truth. Um, and then once you go through return to elixir, you move back to the first stage, which is the 12th stage, which is going back to the ordinary world where um, it's not ordinary to you, but it's complex to everyone else. It goes from complexity to simplicity. Got yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah, so like your ordinary world is the world that you've created through all your challenges and, and, and trial, uh, tribulate, trials and tribulations. And, yeah. And so that, for other people, be like, that's complex. You're like, yeah, well, it's normal for me now. But it never was and growing through that. Um, so 10, 10 was flow, 11 was, no, 10. Yeah, so 10, 10 is um, the road back, 11 is um, resurrection, 12 is return with So we'll go through again. Flow just is nine. Numbers. Okay. Yeah. So one is ordinary world, two is cause adventure, three is refusal of a call, four is meeting the mentor, five is crossing the threshold, six is the tests, allies, and enemies, seven is the innermost cave. Eight is the ordeal. Nine is the reward. Ten is the road back. Eleven is the resurrection when you become the authentic leader. Twelve is the truth, which is return with elixir. And you reverse back to the ordinary world. So it wasn't actually flow. So it was between... So nine was reward and ten was... Sorry, what was ten again? Yeah, nine is the reward stage. And ten is... Road back. Road back, right, okay. So yeah. you're giving back sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexia, and then it was like me authentic, and then it was, yeah, we, we ordinary uh, well again. Yeah, so we're somewhere in between those sort of last stages, um, which is interesting. But for most people, it depends on where you are, and that's what people out there listening. It's important wherever you are. It doesn't matter. Like, you're there for a reason at the moment, and it's part of your journey. The universe will keep giving you lessons until... It's the same with relationships, you know, that, well, that person you know is terrible for you, keeps coming back around until you learn, that isn't for me, sort of yeah. thing, you know, um, yeah. and that keeps on happening. Yeah, I mean, I just on that, actually, actually just on that, if you want to just give you an example where it ties into all of this and where you're going with this um, example, I remember Paul Jack was talking to us about this lady who had been married five times over a 25-year period, and every single time she got married, she'd always... Every single one of her husbands would beat the crap out of her. Every single time she had to go back into the same type of relationship, she was dating the same person with a different name or a different face. And as you were kind of saying, that's just when you haven't learned the lesson and the universe keeps reflecting it back to you until you learn the lesson to step up, to speak your truth, to say no is no or I've had enough until you get to that point where you start to deny um, where you stop denying what you know to be true, like what we said earlier about denying truth and change, you'll keep attracting to you what doesn't what doesn't serve you because your goal is to is to grow past it. But we all have to attract negative things into our life to overcome them to become better at positive things in our lives. And that's what we see with life. So many people magnify their problems and realize don't realize that those problems are only there to force them to make better decisions so they don't have those problems. But you have to pull them into your life to overcome them like an adversary to become stronger um you get people that as you said date the same person um you get people that get into the same type of jobs um 
move to the same type of towns. Back into old habits, but you say, like, yeah. if you keep doing what you've always done, you keep getting what you've always gotten. Exactly. So you need to change and adapt to move forward. And so I completely understand this. Like, people go back and think, oh, it's comfortable. Yeah, but is it comfortable or is it uncomfortable? You're going back to uncomfortable. Mm. Is it, it's going back to, to simple, no, or say it's easy but uncomfortable. Rather yeah. than simple, but challenging. Look, just because things are simple doesn't mean they're easy. Very different. And so it can be, and and so that's a, that's a, that's something I think people, a hundred percent people. I mean, we've we've all done it. But when you're on this journey of self development, you start to be conscious about your subconscious. You start to see things differently. You have to try and take a thousand foot view of what you're doing. You start going, why am I doing that? Okay, and you understand that the universe will put things in in your world when you start resonating and doing those things. It's um. For example, I had a podcast yesterday with um, uh, Tom, Thomas uh, Joseph. He's got a Coxie, Coxie Green farm out in Brentwood. And the reason I come across him, on one day, um, I was meant to be going to the market with one of my friends on a Sunday. I went to be playing golf, I think it was, actually. And something happened, he couldn't do it. So I went to the market, Ricky, Ricky Park Market, on the Sunday. Come across a guy, uh, another Thomas, who was selling his um, spring broth, which was really nice. And I said, oh, who else stocks it? And he's like, this farm in Brentwood. And I was like, I've never heard of it. Went down there, met him. All across a chance meeting. Um, because of the way it happens, and now been to this farm yesterday, saw the animals. Um, going to be buying meat exclusively off him, like top top end, and had him on the show um, last episode. And um, yeah, no, it's just like I mean, that's just one example. There's millions of things. So sometimes, sometimes you don't get what you want now, but because it's giving you something that you can you want later on, for example. Or, yeah, yeah. And so the universe works in great ways. So you just um, tying into something else you said a little while ago about why people don't want to change and um, stuff and they want the easy path. Um, that goes back to that whole saying of, um, you know, when you're talking about simple and complex, uh, better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And that's where a lot of people are at. And what happens is humans excuse themselves from the challenge of greatness so they can stay in mediocrity. And it just leaves them where they're at because they think it's the safest way to live. You know what? We we I think we've been like a uh, a quotation bible today, or like we <laughs> we come out with so many things like say cliches. But what's the other one? Like um, you you're saying um, what, what was the quote you just said there? Do you know what? Honestly, I just made it. I there's no there's one that you're saying like um, people people will. Ben. Oh, it's better than you know than the devil you don't know. Yeah, like I can't remember. I had one, another one. I was about to just write. write Mediocrity, I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, me- mediocrity and greatness. What was it? Oh, God. It'll come to me. But yeah, no, it was. Oh, no, that's it. Got it. There's another one. There's no extraordinary people, just ordinary people that do extraordinary things. And mm. and people need to understand that. He's not remarkable people that like Jesus like. They've just gone out there, gone through their trials and tribulations, gone through the hero's journey, fought the way through, kept going. Always, people remember this many times from, from different coaches I've had. It's like the people that succeed are the people that don't stop. It's like there's no failures. There's just lessons of how not to do stuff, and yeah, and that's yeah. so true. Is in like if you it's like, it's, Thomas Edison, yeah, Thomas probably yeah. It, like, the puzzle was not problems thing. It's like you you can I could have stopped doing this years ago when I wasn't earning that much money out of it. I mean, not so millionaire or anything close now, yeah, but maybe one day soon, uh, hopefully. But yeah, no, but that's like you can you can easily like. That challenge is there for a reason to see. You know what? Sometimes I'm like, how much do what the investors going to you? How much do you really want this? Mm. Like, do you want this? Because if you want this, you'll find a way or you'll get through this and you'll make things happen. If you don't mm. want this, you can you can just go a different route or you can just take the easy path. And even when you're putting stuff out there as well, like 
what people talk about wealth and abundance, you know, it's like sometimes I'm not going to spend that because I haven't got it. And it's like, so they say, spend it and the universe will show you a way to acquire more because it's mm. like you're putting that vibration out there and mm. that vibration of like, I'll overcome or yes, this is where it's going to be. And I know it sounds like a lot of woo nonsense to a lot of people, but the frequencies of the, is of the world is huge and how you resonate with it and what you're on. And I mean, Proctor talks about this quite a lot. Obviously, frequency without action gets you nowhere, but like it's huge, you know, and, and just understanding that every... <laughs> Yeah, it goes back to hero journey again you know every single person you've seen you, that, that picture of them falling down and getting up falling down and getting up you know people this is another thing one of my pet peeves people think you can't teach an old dog new tricks it's absolute nonsense mm. people don't okay, limitation. yeah because people don't when they get older they're like oh I'm getting older it's like no you just you haven't used it so you've lost it or you haven't tried the reason why kids can learn so well is because they're not afraid of failure and they, they'll fall down they don't go oh, I'm not trying that anymore because I fell down they just do it again and so mm. same as like learning anything like I'm doing this movement stuff at the moment because I need to to sort out certain patterns that like we've worked and I've got certain things and this is a bit different and my tie is another one I'm, I'm doing this mm. and it gets your brain thinking different one of the things Jim Quick said and I thought it was brilliant he was like Every day I brush my teeth with the wrong hand, you know, mm. just to teach my brain to do something. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And the more you do those things, the easier they become. And that's when people say, I know people that are fitter at 40 and 50 than they were when they were 25 because it's longevity. They're eating right, they're living right. And all this, it's like football players. A lot of them, they retire when they're, they're 35 or they, they feel like their performance is dropping when they're 35 and over. I think a lot of that is because they've been told it. If you don't believe it, look at Ronaldo, he's 33, 34, he's still banging goals for fun. It's like the way he lives. I think if a lot of it is up here, obviously, obviously yeah. there's certain things, but you know, mm. like huge. Like if you think that you're finished, it's mm. like a doctor says to the person, you've got cancer, you'll be dead in six months. What happens? They die in six months. If you don't yeah. feel like that, and so I don't think like that, I think it's uh, your thoughts become your actions, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Um... Uh, going back a little bit with what you some of the stuff you said about giving up. Um, the other again we're talking about quotes and stuff, and they say if you get knocked down twelve times, get up thirteen times, and it's and that's so important. And humans nowadays they just think they see everything as um, an obstacle rather than a puzzle, as you say, and that's what stops so many people. They have this mediocrity mindset because they follow the majority of the planet. But I always say to people, if you follow, I always say to people, it's not the majority that's right, it's the minority. And they say, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the fact that 95% of the world's wealth is owned by 5% means that 5% are the only ones that really know what's going on. And it's 95%. And when people say, I'm like, split it around for a second, so... Five, 95%, 95% of the world's wealth is owned by 5% of the world, that might be like, wow. But then flip it the other way around, that means 95% of the world only owns 5% of the wealth. That makes you go, wow. That means like there's, what, 6.5, 6.7 billion people on the planet that are sharing 5% of the planet's wealth. And then I remember Paul was explaining that there are actually 55 people on the planet, something like 55, 60 people on the planet that own about 60% of the total worth of the planet. Imagine speaking to those people, how many things they're getting right and how much they have learned about all the struggles in their lives and, and life's, life's lessons and how much things they've had to say no to, how many things they've had to say yes to and how many challenges they've had to go through to create their wealth. They are not the ones that give up. And another thing I say about giving up is every single person that has this self-defeatist attitude, I can't do it, I can't win. 
you wouldn't exist if you didn't believe that. If you believe that, because you know that thing that they say about Ted Poles, yeah. you won the very first race you were ever in. <laughs> you know, sometimes like, I wonder. I go, "That's the that's the sperm that won." And sometimes yeah. I'm like, "How? Yeah. <laughs> that's the sperm that won." That's the sperm that won. That's that's a great. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's the sperm that won. Yeah. So so I get what you're saying. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I mean, very different to knowing that the challenge's worth it. It's very different mm. to look when it's not worth it, and the universe is saying it isn't for you, or you're knowing your gut if it's worth it yeah. or not. It's very yeah. Don't keep flogging a dead horse. Obviously, I'm not saying if something's yeah. not working, yeah, keep yeah. flogging it. Um, yeah. But you know in your gut if it's worth it. And if it is, you'll find a way or you'll find another way to do it. And that's a big difference. Yeah. Not yeah. not keep on doing something that's wrong, keep on flogging a dead horse, no. But yeah. when you know something's right for you, you know you're on the right path. Very different. I wanted to say something just about that, actually. But just before I say that... Um, just one other example um, about our mentality and belief that we are, we give up and it's within us. Um, our parents did not tell us to give up when we were trying to walk. They don't say, oh, you've tried for nine months, so just give up. No, they said, keep going until you walk. And we all just keep going until we walk. So the point is we all have it within us to keep going because we proved it by not giving up when we needed to walk. We all did it. So we have that within us, but we get trained to learn to give up by society. 100%, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I was going to say just on that was um, this whole um, challenge to greatness. Just like like I said, seeing, seeing the positive in the negative, what's the lesson here, and understanding that pain is simply motivated to force us to become. And we're always in the stage of becoming, and we, if we use pain to help us to become, then we, we achieve greatness. And when we're talking about these whole change processes, what we're really looking at is the law of attraction, as we, I'm sure you've spoken about many times in the show, you attract to you exactly what you need to in your life, and the more you focus on negativity, the more it expands within you. We know that 90% of our thoughts today are the ones that we had yesterday. So if we have a self-limiting belief, and 90% of our beliefs are self-limiting, it will always hold us back. So we have to accept what we can do and not focus on what we can't do. We have to focus on what the solution is, not the problem. Most of the time when you speak to people, if you have an hour conversation, 56 minutes of that hour is focused on what they can't do. And only four minutes is on what they can do. So they shift that, the whole planet shifts. It's all negative. It's like, we, I did a video on this today, it's like the negative thoughts. You 68,000 thoughts a day, 90% of them are negative. But how many of those negative thoughts are actually come from you? Or do they come from your parents, society, other yeah, people? It's, it's like you keep on, you keep on, saying these things it's like are they true and the other i love kevin hart the other day with rogan if you haven't listened to it listen to it because he's so much like he's like i just don't do, always people want to be negative all the time like oh man like some people just be like i want to be like i really like that show i didn't like that why not yeah. i don't have to tell you that what do you yeah. mean why didn't like it you know it's just shit what do you mean yeah. like why is this, this didn't it and that is contagious like everyone loves to be like it's cool to hate stuff it's true yeah. like Oh, that was rubbish, or it's like, no, was it? Or you just, he said, I don't want these people in my circle. And that's yeah. why I love talking to people like you and trying to connect with people. Like, because it's the more you're around people that want to, it's why it's like, it's, it's like the podcast or just in life in general. Like, you use the more people, it's weird. And you've got to, because if you're around a, a group of people and they, it's very easy to get pulled down rather than it is to come up. The studies have shown this throughout lots of psychology, like Jordan Peterson goes into this as well. It's like, you don't surround yourself if you get really um, high level achieving people that are good people and they surround themselves with like the lower runs of society like the, the dregs they don't lift them up 
they get pulled down. And so you have to be a really strong person to be around those people and continue. You've got to be a real strong spirit. And some of us have got that, which is, which is fine. But it's easier to surround yourself with people that are living that journey with you because then it, you can all rise together. Mm. Yeah, yeah, high tide raises all boats, as they say. Exactly, yeah. So um, also, mate, I think we've covered so much. Thanks for that. I think that's a conversation that people are going to love to hear because... You know, it's great to be put with that positivity out in the world. I'm just saying, people, look, you can do it. And, this, this, and the reason you're struggling is because you're meant to. <laughs> because yeah. it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the process. Um, and instead of, instead of like, getting disillusioned by it, almost embrace it and go, look, yeah. not a problem. It's a puzzle. And I can fix yeah. it. And just got to look at things in a different way. Yeah, as you said, every problem carries with it its own solution. Awesome, my man. So just, um, yeah, I'll put it at, what's it, www.warrenwilliamscoaching.com for anyone who's out there. Anything else going on? Um, no, I mean, I'm a great podcast with people like yourself. And, what, what's it called, the new one? Um, the one with me and, me and Emil? Yeah. Um, Hero's Journey with Emil Heskey. It is Hero's Journey with Emil Heskey, cool. And how many yeah. episodes of that are you going to have going? Uh, right now, there's five. We've put out three of them. Um, but yeah, we're going to be trying to keep them and it's just hard to kind of tie a meal down because he's out of the country quite a lot so um has he just signed yeah. as well for a new club has he just signed no that was an April Fool's Day ah yeah because he came out April 1st is he how old is he he's 40, 40. Uh, that's not at that level he could probably do a job oh no he could he could he could he only he hasn't actually officially retired but he's retired but he just did it only because he wants to spend more time with his children who are now playing as opposed to yeah. needed to because he's broken yeah, that's fair enough. No, awesome. No, it was, uh, it's good. Yeah, Hero's Journey with Emil Heskey. It's interesting that I said to you, I'm going to try and get get him on here as well because I think it's the, the story that you told or like his journey, I think, mm. is, is something that people uh, would really benefit from listening to because, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's footballers, even they think it is. It's not all a cakewalk. And that's why a lot of them committing suicide and do things like that because no matter how much money you got, how much success you got, and there's always like with the with the light comes the dark side, right? The, the, the shadow side, as they call it. Mm, so that was Warren Williams with the Hero's Journey it's a great conversation I hope the sound quality was okay for you guys and girls I'm going to try and work on that as much as possible coming up because I know we've got a lot of important things that we talk about and I don't want you to miss stuff um, and it's just sometimes over Skype connection can be a little bit poor I'm going to try and be going face to face with many people as possible that's something I may even uh, yeah we'll be doing in the future a little bit more I'm going to try and get the sound quality as high as possible but hopefully you picked up some good gems in there that that is a the hero's journey something we all go through and something that you all need to just be aware of it's a really important part of our development as, as people um, and as we grow up we go through different stages of it and even like different different things you take on um, different challenges so it's something that we all go through so that's a great it's a great little thing to be conscious of just to just understand where you are in your journey and what, what you're achieving and what challenges you're facing and why they're coming up so it's awesome um, as always guys and girls if you head over to www.reviveyourself.co you've got our free four day mini course lots of articles there and our shop um, which is really um, 
it's all for you really so you've got the, the highest quality products you can get on the market there they're trying to expand that and make that even better for you um, it's really important to get that moving forward uh, and look looking forward to our, our next show it's a bit of a surprise uh, what's going to be going on next so I'm not going to put it out there um, but otherwise hope you enjoyed the bank holiday start getting out in the sun enjoying the vitamin D you know, don't get burnt but go and get a nice exposure of the sun your skin it's going to give you uh, phenomenal health benefits remember the sun has been proven to to starve off 16 different types of cancer it doesn't mean go and get burnt but it means go out there and get your skin slightly pink or slightly darker so you can start to really absorb that vitamin d otherwise as always stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon bye-bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the healing health paradigm today 